one. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for allowing us into your home, wherever you're watching, in your car, in your bedroom. Okay, that's kind of weird, but wherever, it doesn't matter. We're just excited to be together because we are in a summer series called Follow. Say follow. 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 Type follow in the comments. This is huge because here's the reality. We're all following someone. Okay, we all, we're all following someone. The question is who are you following and where are they leading you? See, that is tremendously important. Um, who are you following and where are, they, where are they leading you? Because we all end up somewhere. But if you wanna end up somewhere on purpose, you need to follow the right influence intentionally. And if you do that, your life will change. And that's what this is all about. Last week, we kicked off the series looking at um, a man named Matthew. And Jesus invites Matthew to follow him. And this whole series, I contend that if you would follow Jesus, your life would dramatically change. But what does that look like, really? That's what we're unpacking. What's nuts about last week is Jesus calls Matthew right away and just simply says, come follow me. And Matthew's messed up. So what we learned is being messed up, being screwed up, doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus. Jesus showed us that. Instead, it actually qualifies you, right? And all God's jacked up people said, amen. amen. I mean, yes, it is so awesome. Not only that, but we learned when he called Matthew, Matthew was still a mess. And Jesus didn't say, Matthew, get cleaned up. Matthew, take care of some, some stuff, get some things in order, and then follow me. Jesus just said, follow me, and we'll get you cleaned up. Follow me, and eventually you will change. See, that's kind of how it works. You follow someone long enough, you're gonna change. Whether for the good or for the bad, it's going to happen. But here's the problem sometimes when we try to follow, say, Jesus. People will say, I've tried that, I've done that. Like, I, I went to church once, didn't work. You know, I, I, I prayed one time back in like 2007, nothing happened, right? I, I heard the word of God being preached one time, um, nothing changed like i was at a funeral that person they're still dead i mean nothing's happening right but here's the thing it, it's sustained following like over time that changes lives so it's like working out right let's just talk about that let's talk about the covid 19 happening right now some of you you put on the covid 19 you know what i'm saying and uh i don't want that to happen i actually start working out back on the saddle before the whole pandemic even hit and i've been pretty faithful in it but here's what I know didn't happen. Like, I remember the first week working out. Here's what I did. I jumped on the scale to see where I was at. I'm like, okay, where are we at? Saw where I was, set a goal, and then I went crazy. It's kind of like how I like to do things, just all in. So I got after it. I went to the, the gym. I hit it hard for a week. I was chucking those weights around. I mean, they were 10-pound weights. But still, I was throwing them around like rag dolls. And I hit it so hard that week. And I, I remember running back home and jumping back on the scale after one week of working out. And some of you are like, well, you shouldn't weigh yourself that much. You know what? Worry about yourself. That's what I would say to you. So I'll weigh myself every day if I want. So I jumped back on the scale. And I, my goal was that I thought to myself, I've lost five pounds, I bet. At least five pounds. I jump on the scale and guess what? I didn't lose five pounds. I gained three pounds. Yeah, it was awesome. I thought to myself, I will throw this freaking scale out the window. I don't care. It's like, it's obviously malfunctioning. It's obviously not working. But then I realized something. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Muscle weighs more than fat. That's what we tell ourselves, right? Don't act like you've never told yourself that. Oh gosh, I'm gaining muscle. I get it, God. So good, so good. So we, I was right on track, right? So, but, but, but it didn't just, like I didn't look any different that first week. It just, but I had to keep going. And if you keep going down that path of following every week in, week out, day in, day out, you're going to change. 
Like I debated, Casey, I debated on showing him this picture, but you sometimes you just gotta see the picture to believe that the results can happen. So I want you to check out this picture. It's me with my shirt off, and I know it's church and everything, and but there it is. Don't tell me the results won't happen, okay? Is that, so, I mean, come on. So anyway, take that picture down. Now take it down. We gotta focus back on Jesus. Um, okay, maybe that's not exactly um, a true depiction, but still, it's my goal. I'm getting there. So, but if you keep following, you're gonna change. The question is, who are you following? Or are you following? Are you following? Notice what I'm not asking. I'm not asking right now, and really we're talking about Jesus here, so, but whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you're following or not, maybe you're doubting right now, regardless of where you're at, guess what? You're, you, the reason you're listening to this message right now or watching this message right now is because God has ordained this time for you. God has a message specifically for you. It's crazy. The same message is going forth to many people, but yet God is going to speak to you individually and on purpose. That's how powerful his Holy Spirit is. So lean into this message. Am I following? Ask yourself that. And who am I following? And I'm not asking, I'm not asking, do you believe? Like, I'm not asking that. That's the whole context of this that kind of throws people. Because I believe this. I think there are people that believe, say, in Jesus. They have a head knowledge of Jesus. Yep, I believe he's God's son. I believe he went on the cross and rose from the dead. But they're not following him anywhere. And the reason I know that is because that was me most of my life. And if that's you, man, I love you. God loves you. And this word is for you as well. So go to the book of Matthew. Matthew, again, a different story than last week. Last, last week, we looked at Jesus calling Matthew. This week, we're looking at Jesus calling a few other the fishermen. And so Matthew 4, verse 18. This is gonna, this is gonna blow you away. You maybe have heard this message before or this, this scripture. I'll guarantee you, you've never heard it like this because God showed me something this week that, well, let's just lean in. Matthew 4, 18. One day, Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew. They're throwing their net into the water. They fished for a living. And Jesus calls out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And Andrew's like, is that a thing? He didn't say that, but he might have been thinking it. I mean, it is a thing. And Jesus says, I will show you how to do it. And they left their nets at once and followed. I'm like, wait a second. I mean, <laughs> they're fishermen. They just, they just clocked out. They just left. They just got up and left their whole profession and followed Jesus. Okay, that's weird. Say that's weird. It's weird. It's weird. But it's about to get weirder, okay? Is weirder a word? Sure. Weirder? More weird? Remind me to look that up later, will you? Weirder. Okay, anyway. So it is going to get more weird. Uh, let's keep going. A little farther up the shore... Jesus saw two other brothers, James and John. They're sitting in a boat with their, with their father, with their dad, Zebedee. Um, Zebedee, duda. Anyway, <laughs> so that was his middle name. Repairing their nets. After he called them to come to, oh, excuse me, and he called them to come to. They immediately, listen to this, they immediately followed Jesus, leaving their boat and Zebedee, duda, behind. Are you kidding me? The... What? You, okay, how does that go down? Andrew talk, or no, James talking to John. Hey, you know what? Um, Dad, we're, I know we're supposed to take over the family business. I know we're going to clean these fish later, or actually James is going to clean the fish later. And I know that we're supposed to do this again tomorrow, and eventually this is going to be all ours. But you know what? We're out. We're going to go with him. With who? With him. The guy over there? Not, not them, but him. The, the robe, the sandals, that guy. We're going with him. I, okay, I bet Zebedee's like, what? No, are you kidding me? Are, 
But that's what we're supposed to do as Christians, right? We forsake all else and follow Jesus. There's always that Christian that's going to tell you, okay, you want to follow Jesus? You want to do this? All right, you will forsake. You will leave your mom. You will leave your dad. You will leave your girlfriend. You will leave your job. You will leave your security. You will leave your little blankie that you carry around all the time. You, you will leave it all and follow Jesus. And they're like, so hey, you ready to go? And you're like, um, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, you know what? Let me, let me get back to you on that. Let me just grab my phone real quick, okay? I'm just gonna grab my phone. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I'm with you. I mean, it sounds really good. I'm just gonna grab my phone and I'll be right back. Well, you don't need your phone. You'll forsake all else. Well, I mean, I, I'm gonna put Jesus in there as a contact. So I will, I will, I'll be, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I'll be right, hey, what's that over there? You know, You don't do that. You, you're not following. You guys are like, what is he doing? Who knows? Okay. So I'm just like, what? Forsake all else and follow? But that's what happened here. But what if I told you, Michael, that's not all that happened. That's not all that happened. What if I told you that those fishermen, they didn't keep following. Like they went back to fishing. And I'm not talking about after Jesus rose from the dead and he's walking along the beach and they go and have they dinner together. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking they go back to fishing. Like, and, I, and the Bible doesn't say what, what really went down. Like, I don't know if Jesus signed, signed him to just a short-term contract. I don't know if they didn't make it through their probationary period. I don't know. Was there a pandemic and Jesus had to like downsize his ministry? Who knows? Maybe it was the insurance. Jesus had great health insurance, by the way. Great medical. I mean, he healed people, so it was pretty good. Met vision was good, too. I mean, gave people sight. But dental, maybe he didn't have good dental. I don't read any stories about Jesus fixing people's teeth. I don't. So I don't know why they left. Think about that, Casey. I am. So I don't know why they left, but they left, and they went back to fishing. I'll show you that. So, so for those of you that you followed Jesus before, but you waver back and forth, and I'm following Jesus this week, but next week I'm out doing this and that, okay, there's hope for you because the disciples did the same thing. They followed Jesus, but now, but, but now they're back to fishing. And I'll show you as I take you from Matthew to Luke. Let's go to Luke 5, verse 1. Lean into this. This is crazy. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Great crowds pressed in to listen to the word of God. Pause for a second. Following always begins with listening. I'm going to say it again. Following always begins with listening. It always does. More on that later. Verse 2. He noticed two empty, empty boats on the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them there, and they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, the owner, to push it out into the water. So Jesus sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. And you notice something. I noticed that Jesus, he's always preaching by the water. You know, and then a lot of times he'll escape in the boat. Makes sense. I mean, I think that's why he, that's it. That's why he did it, right? You can't exactly just jump on a camel and escape quickly. That doesn't happen, okay? It's, I'm gonna get a boat. I'm just thinking about that. So anyway, or so. Or a camel. Or a camel. Yeah, let me think about that, pray about that. Verse four, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go where it's deeper and let, and let down your nets, let down your nets and let's catch some fish. Hmm. Verse five, Simon Peter says to Jesus, master. And, and, and it's interesting, only Luke, uh, the gospel of Luke uses the term master. And, it, and it, it's not a term of deity. It's not a term of lordship. It's really a term of um, 
authority. Like, it really means like, in this case, um, you have authority as a speaker. So that's what he's really saying. But master, anyway, he says, master. Um, let me find it here. What verse were we in? Five. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard last night, all night, and didn't catch a thing. Okay, can you imagine just fishing all night and catching nothing? Like, do, how? I can't, it, I, I, if I fish for more than four minutes without a bite, I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. Like, where's the cooler? Like, did you bring the s'mores? Mm. Okay, you didn't bring the s'mores. You, okay, why do I bring you anywhere? I mean, well, you, you, all night, and it's not, they didn't fish all night, okay? They weren't, they were sitting in a, let's just get technical, they were sitting in a boat all night, okay? But to use the term fishing would imply that fish are somehow involved in the equation, okay? I'm just, just making a point here. And I, I like fishing, but I want to catch fish. But, by, but boy, to take your kids fishing, and some of you parents, you know this. I mean, I, I found this. Look at this graph. This is, this is on the internet. I got this off the internet, so you know this is, this is true information. But uh, the, this graph will show you how much fishing actually happens when we take our kids. I mean, look at that. Is that, is that, yeah, so there's that. So, but they fished for a living. But Jesus, Jesus is asking them to do something. He's asking them to fish during the day. And you might be thinking, yeah, that's normal. It isn't normal. Not where they live, not in the Middle East, not in the heat of the day. You would never do that. Why were they fishing all night? Because night fishing is what you did. They fish with nets, right? So they fish in the shallow, right? I mean, Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga, they're always in the shallow. They're in the shallow. Okay, now I'm off track. So they're fishing in the shallow because the nets only go in the shallow. In the heat of the day, the fish go down low where it's cool. In the night, they come up. That's why you would never fish during the day. Jesus, my point, Jesus is asking Peter to do something he's done a thousand times, but he's asking him to do it a different way. He's asking him to do it a way he's never done it before. It's crazy, and I wonder if Andrew's like, Psh, Peter, <laughs> we're not really gonna do this, are we? I mean, seriously, Jesus, good guy, like him, nice guy, seems to really care for the people. I mean, he loves them, seems, I mean, message today, incredible. Like, I'm convicted all over the place, but Peter, he's a, he's a carpenter. I'm just saying, carpenter. I mean, do we go into his place? Do we go tell him how to make tables? No, come on. And Peter's like, and Jesus leans in, he's like, Peter, listen, I know. You fish these waters day in and day out, but you've never fished them like this, and we've never done it together like this. And will you trust me? Will you trust me to do something that you've done before, but you're gonna do it differently? And for some of you, this is exactly where you're at. This is exactly the point that God has you leaning into this message and watching it, listening to it, because you are at a point. And Jesus Christ, he's asking you to do something. You've, you've maybe done it before, but he's asking you to do it differently. He, 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 and he's nudging you in a direction, and you have no idea what hangs in the balance of your answer, of your action to what he's asking you to do. You have no idea from, from how you respond to this, what, where it's going to take you and where you're going to end up. No idea. But this is exactly where you're at. Peter, he had a ton riding on this decision. Think about it. If he goes out with Jesus to the deep, and I mean, the crowds are watching. His reputation is at stake. His profession is at stake. Friendships are at stake. I mean, it's not just like, oh yeah, let's go try it. They're, the crowds are still there and they're watching. And Peter has to make a decision. Am I, gonna go, am I gonna go out there? Because the crowds are gonna think I'm a fool. 
But you know what? Sometimes faith is the willingness to look foolish, isn't it? And, and sometimes when we take a step, people are going to call you, call you things and they're going to talk about you. But you know what? I don't care what the people are saying about me. I care what God says to me. And he is telling Peter, go to the deep. Will you go to the deep? You, will you go to the deep? A single decision can change everything. What does Peter do? Let's lean in. Peter says to Jesus, but if you say so, I'll let the net down again. And as the crowds watched, and I'm sure as they talked, they would head out to the deep. And there we are to verse 6. What happens? This time their nets were so full. Their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. The shout, a shout for help from the partners brought another boat. They filled that boat as well, both boats on the verge of sinking. Do you see what will happen when you trust God to do what he's telling you to do, even when it doesn't make sense? They trusted God. Peter trusted God. And it says in verse 8, when Simon Peter realized what was happening, he falls to his knees. And he doesn't proclaim how great of a fisherman he is. He doesn't even proclaim about, oh, we're, we're, this is so awesome. What he proclaims to Jesus is he says, oh, Lord. Notice he goes from master to Lord. He goes from a speaker of authority to the Lord, to, to, the, to the deity, to the Son of God. Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. He, for he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others that were with him. His partners, James and John, sons of Zebedee, they were amazed as well. And Jesus replies to Simon. Listen to this. Jesus isn't mad at Simon. Jesus doesn't leave like Simon asked him to leave. Jesus leans in and says to Simon, don't be afraid. It's cool. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything. Say everything. Everything. This time they left everything. Type everything. They left everything and followed. The first time, that, remember the first time in Matthew when he called them? They, they left for a while. This time they were ready to leave forever. And I thought about that. I thought, well, why? What's the difference? What is the difference between the, the, the story that we heard where they were called, you know, that time in Matthew and this time in Luke? That's the key to this message. Here's what I see when I study that. Here's what God is showing me. It was personal to them now, okay? It was personal. It was personal. Let's go back to the story. Remember, Jesus got pushed out in the boat. He's preaching to the crowds. See, Jesus is preaching to the crowds, but he's getting ready to care for Peter. Do you understand that? Like, there's a multitude of people that would be watching Jesus preach, but he's thinking of Peter. So he preaches to the crowd, but he cares for the person. I love that. He preaches. See, right now, the, God, the word of God is going forth to the crowds. Like you're in the crowd. You're hearing the word of God. But you know what Jesus is doing right now or what he wants to do? He wants to minister to you individually on purpose, to your needs, to your hurts, to your desires. That's what he wants to do. And that's what he's doing with Peter. He's ministering to, to Peter. Remember, remember when he got in preaching that amazing message from the vote? What does he do? He turns to Peter and says, all right, now for you. Now for you. And I bet Peter's like, from, now for me? Me? I mean, Jesus, look at everybody here. I mean, who am I? Like, Jesus, you're the main act. You, you, you are like center stage here. Jesus, I couldn't even open for you. Like, if you were Motley Crue, I'm not even Tesla, okay? And some of you are like, what? Okay, the 90s reference concert, really good concert. Nothing Christian about it. Um, though he did sing, though he did shout at the devil for like six minutes, so there's that, right? Shout at the devil, all right? No? Okay, whatever. So, um, but, but Peter's like, I can't hold it. 
let me ask you a question. After Jesus is done preaching from the boat, the multitudes are still there. Are there hungry people in the crowd? Yeah, Jesus is kind of in the business of like feeding hungry people. We've seen him do it time and time again. Are there people that need prayer in the crowd? Yeah. Well, we got the prayer warrior, the greatest prayer warrior in the world right with us, Jesus. Are there people that need healing in the crowd? Mm-hmm. And we have a healer there. <laughs> but you care about me, Jesus? You, you care about whether we catch fish or not? And Jesus is like, I do care about it because I care about you. And if you care about that, then I care about that. It, it, and by the way, Peter, it, it's way more than that. Like, Peter, I know that your goal, Peter, I know that your plans right now are to capture fish, but Peter, my plans are to actually partner with you and capture the hearts, the souls, and the minds of the people that I will eventually die for. Aren't you, aren't, is somebody grateful out there that God's plans are way bigger and way better than your plans? You keep asking God, God, I need you to meet my expectations, but God is like, I don't need to meet them. I want to exceed them. Will, will you let me do it? That's what he wants to do. He blew their expectations out of the water. Two boats on the verge of sinking based on one decision that didn't make sense. Zero sense. Follow it. But okay, that brings me to this. Following means trusting God when it doesn't make sense. Okay? Following means trusting God when it does not make sense. And some of you, God's been asking you to do something and it's been, he's been asking you to do it for a long time. And you're like, God, it just doesn't add up. It just doesn't make sense. I just don't know how it's going to work out. I know. That's why faith is needed. And that's why, that's why God is asking you to do it. Because what he has waiting for you, what he has on the horizon for you, is greater than you can dream or imagine. Oh, Peter. Peter saw it. Peter got it. And I wrote it down this way. It wasn't until Peter trusted by taking an active step of faith that didn't make sense it wasn't until Peter trusted that by taking an active step of faith that didn't make sense that that's when he truly started trusting Jesus. That's when it started. That's when he truly started following Jesus. That's when he started. Wow. See, the first time, remember the first time when, when Jesus calls them, come follow me? They follow because Jesus said, come and follow me. This time, put up verse 11 one more time. Look at verse 11 here in Luke. This time, Jesus didn't say, remember, after they caught the fish, Jesus, Jesus didn't say, all right, follow me now. Follow me. Let's do this. No, no. They, verse 11 says, and as, they, and as they landed, as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. As soon as they landed, I'll say it again, they left everything on their own and followed Jesus, not because they were told to follow Jesus, not because they felt obligated to follow Jesus, but because they wanted to follow Jesus because they knew that Jesus cared for them. And if Jesus cares for them and what they were doing, I'm here to tell you, Jesus cares for you. And Jesus wants to work in you, but it requires you to trust him when it does not make sense. And this is what's so hard for people to do. I can't follow that, Jesus. I can't follow that. It's too difficult. It's too unknown. But I'm telling you, when you're following the one who makes things known and the one who makes things new, you're in good hands. You're in beautiful hands. That's what he's asking you to do. So where are we at? How do we close? This is what I believe as I study these scriptures from Matthew and Luke that you and I unpacked today. Here's what I see. I, I see three different phases. I see three different places you could be. And not one is better than the other. That's what I love about Jesus. Jesus doesn't compare your Christianity with your Christianity or your walk with your walk. He doesn't do that. 
Like your walk is your walk. And, and, and he wants you to take that step, whatever that is. I'll show you what God showed me. Look at this. Phase one of following that I see today, and some of you are at this phase, sit and listen. It's just sit and listen. That's where you're at, and that's okay. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. Remember what I said earlier? Following always begins with listening. If someone tells you to follow something or someone or, or, or some faith or whatever it is, if someone tells you, oh, it's just blind faith, okay? You just follow. It ain't, okay, I would run. Run, Forrest, run from that situation because you, you shouldn't just blind faith follow. You should lean in and listen. You should do your homework. You should know what you're following. That's why the sit and listen phase, you might be reading a little bit of the New Testament on your own and saying, okay, who is this Jesus? And why would I follow him? And, and, and where would he lead me? That's sitting and listening. You're listening. Like, like when you lean in right now, you're sitting and listening. So your next step, it might be to jump a little bit into the word of God, 10 minutes a day, see what God does in the, in, in the gospels. It's certainly this. I'll tell you, this is your next step. If you're, if you're at the sit and listen phase, you're gonna join us next week as we continue a series called Follow. And God is gonna continually press his word and his truth and his love into your life because he wants to do something that only he can do for you. That's what he wants to do. Sit and listen. Listening, I love it. Following begins with listening. Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. You need faith, sit and listen. Soak it in, hear the word of God. That's where it comes from. This is a beautiful phase. If you're there, that's your next step. Some of you, you've got, you're at the next step, and this is, you're in the boat. That's what I would say this is. You're in the boat with Jesus. You, you're, you're, you, you've gone in the shallow, you've maybe even been in the deep and back in the shallow, but you're at a phase where your father is asking you to do something different. Like you've done some things, you, 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 you've gotten the word of God, maybe you, you've, you've gone to church sporadically, or maybe you're trying to love people that you are hard to love. You're trying to get your prayer life like better or more consistent. You're, you're in the boat with Jesus. And he's asking you to do something you've never done before. And, and, and how you know that you're in this phase is, you, it's like you, you say to yourself, gosh, I really need to do this. Man, I really know I need to be doing that. I really know I need to pray more. I really need, need, I know I need to get into God's word. I know I need to get more generous. I just know it. Oh, by the way, this phase, it'll impact one of three areas. I can almost guarantee you because as I look at Peter's story, it impacted every one of these areas for Peter. It'll impact uh, relationships. It'll impact uh, your profession or finances. Might be all three, but certainly I bet one of those areas will be impacted in this phase as God calls you out into deeper water. And he's saying, put down your nets. And you're like, it doesn't make sense. Okay, I, these, this, I've always had this relationship or I've never had that relationship. And God is asking you to, to lean in to a relationship, obviously with him for sure, but maybe it involves others as well. Or maybe it's a profession and he's asking you to do something differently at work with somebody at work or, or maybe it's changing jobs. I don't know, it could be big, it could be small. You have to lean into the Holy Spirit. What's God asking you to do? But it's gonna likely involve a profession, relationships or finances. Maybe it's giving, he's asked you to give. You've never given before. You don't trust him in that area. And he's saying, will you just trust me in the deep waters and just start with something? Others, maybe you're at a certain level and you've been at that level for years and, you're, and God's like, all right, it's time to, up the ante, okay? And if you think for a second, oh gosh, it's about money, you don't, you probably aren't that familiar with Meadows Church. You should, you, I can't wait till we start meeting again, you know? And then you could hear more of the heart of where we're at with that. It is about going into deeper waters. There's a change you need to make. Maybe not your whole life, 
but maybe just one small step as you're in the boat with Jesus. And then there's phase three, leave your nets. You're ready to leave your nets. Like you're all in. You're ready to drop it. I've held this net too long. I'm done. I'm ready to surrender everything. This is where they were at. Remember, they got to the shore and they left their nets and they followed and they, and they screwed it up all along the way and Jesus kept loving them and teaching them and nurturing them and raising them up and brushing them off. So what net are you holding on to? What net won't you let go of? Okay, maybe you, you've let go of some other nets, but you're still, you still have that net of denial. You still have that net of making excuses. You still have that net of addiction, that, that, that secret sin. You have that net of maybe a sharp tongue or, or a negative attitude. You have that net of being combative with others and uh, not listening, you know? What net are you holding on to? Some of you, you're at this phase right now where you're ready to leave your nets and go all in and follow Jesus. What is your next step? And listen, I know it can be scary. I get it. But you have no idea, no idea what hangs in the balance. Peter had no idea that Jesus would say, okay, I'm done preaching to the multitudes. They seem good. Now let's go catch some fish. He had no idea. Jesus, this makes zero sense. It's in the heat of the day. They're not. Peter had no idea that eventually, because of that decision, which led to him following and dropping his nets, because that's what that decision led to. If he doesn't do that, Peter had no idea that Jesus would eventually look at him face to face and say, Peter, you are the rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Peter had no idea that eventually he would become so fulfilled and infused with the power of the Holy Spirit that he would literally walk down the street in his shadow. His shadow was so powerful that people would walk through and be healed. If you told Peter that, he would, that would be laughable to him. It's not laughable anymore, is it? Because it happened. Why? Because he made a step that made no sense. Peter would have no idea what hangs in the balance that he eventually would preach the first church message and that from that message, 3,000 people would be saved from their sins. You have no idea what God is going to do when you take a step. You go in the deep, drop your nets and trust him. No idea. My family, my family had no idea. When I was asked, do you, you, you want to plant a church? When our church started planting churches, I was like, nope. There was 0% chance. I didn't want to. Like, I heard stories. I knew it would be difficult. Most fail. I, I don't want to. And, and, and I had a justifiable excuse. I was in ministry already. I was fishing for people. And I, we were catching them. It was a fruitful ministry. Right? Jesus, I know it's not out in the deep where that church plant would be. But dang it. I'm not in the shallow either. I'm like in that in between. It's fruitful. Fish are coming in. No desire. And, 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 it, and, and I just sat and listened though. Remember, sit and listen? And I kept reading. And I'm reading Psalm 23 and all oh, this, me resting green meadows. And I read more about Acts and the early church. I'm like, what? And I'm like, Jesus, no. I, this doesn't make sense. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to go in the deep. It, there's no, I'm, there's, it's hot. There's no fish. And Jesus is like, will you trust me? Jesus, it doesn't make sense. I know. That's why you need to trust me. But Jesus, all my relationships are here. These are the people that I know. These are the people that we've reached. These are the people that we love. He's like, I know it'll impact your relationships, it can. But I have something, I have something waiting. 
but Jesus, financially, I mean, this is secure job. I mean, this is, we're, it's successful. I mean, church planting is anything but secure. Sorry, Casey, but uh, it's, it isn't. You don't, you don't plant a church to get rich, I'll tell you that. It, it, there is no security, none. Okay, profession, that you're calling me to do something completely different. Like it's a whole new thing that is no guarantee. And Jesus is like, I know. And I won't pretend to tell you that it was, oh, look at me in my big faith. It wasn't. God had to work and move and pound me over the head with a two by four multiple times. But what hung in the balance? We had no idea the new relationships that we would form as we, as we moved into a whole new area. We had no idea that we would fall in love with the Omaha area and the people. We had no idea the stories that we would get to hear of people and lives being reconciled, marriages being restored, addictions being broken. We had no idea that in two and a half years of being here, 301 people would give their lives to Jesus Christ in our church. No idea what God will do when you, when you push the boat out into the deep and you drop the net, where are you? What phase are you in? And what is God asking you to do? Ask him, he will tell you. But I wanna ask you something. What do you want? Seems weird, doesn't it? I, I'm at, what do you want in life? I want you to ask yourself that question. What is my goal? Is it? Is it a bunch of money or is it success? And I'm not saying anything's right or wrong right now. I'm just, I'm just asking. So many people don't have a clue. They're just going through life day by day. Like, what are your goals? What do you want? And why do you want it? And who do you need to follow to get there? Okay, I just, I want you to assess. What do I want? Like, sit down. What would make me happy? Is it, is it you know, a healthy family, uh, a great job, a great career? I want to be popular. Maybe I want to be on a, a social media star. Whatever it is, what do you want and why? Because I, I believe with all my heart that so many of us, the reason that we maybe don't follow Jesus is because we follow things of this world and they're so temporal. They're so temporal. Oh man, God keeps showing me that, that, that we're investing, that I'm investing me in things that are just gonna fade away. What do you want? They were, they were fishing for a living. See, you catch a fish, that's a business. You catch people, that's eternity. That's what I'm talking about, that's the difference. I just want you to really get real with yourself. What do you want and why do you want it? I'm telling you what Jesus wants is, is for you to sell out to him in whatever way that looks like for you. And I wanna help you with that. See, Jesus Christ, eventually he would go to the cross and he had these followers that would follow him and they would waver back and forth, back and forth because they were sinners like you and I. But Jesus had a goal. And his goal is that you might not live for this world, but you would live for a different world, the world that is our true home. And Jesus came that you might have life in this world and in the next forever and abundantly. Most people aren't living that life. But, but, but I'm called to, to show you how to have that. That God has something for you that's way better than you can even imagine. But it starts with him, with Jesus. Remember what changed for Peter? It was personal. That's why they threw the nets down. That's why they chucked the boat to the side and they ran after him the second time because it was personal. Jesus cared for them and he cares for you. And that's what the cross is all about. That's why Jesus went to the cross. He cares for you. It's the greatest miracle in history that Jesus Christ would die on a cross, take away our sins, all of our mess, all of our struggle, all of our insecurity, everything. He, he removes it from us. 
That's what the cross did. He took everything on himself, this ultimate sacrifice, so that you and I could be made clean and we could be made right. And when Jesus, when God looks at us, he sees his son Jesus instead of seeing our mess up. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm offering that to you today through the, through the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus died on a cross. Jesus, three days later, check it, would rise from the dead. And that's the game changer. Because of the resurrection, you and I have hope. Because of the resurrection, we know that Jesus wasn't just a carpenter. Jesus wasn't just a teacher. Jesus wasn't just a rabbi. Jesus wasn't just a, a, a great authoritative figure. Jesus was God's son. And he still is. And, and he is the way to eternal life. He is the way to abundant life even in this world. And you can have that. And maybe this is the point where you're dropping the net. And you're like, oh, I've held onto that net. I've held onto that one piece, that one struggle. And today, will you drop your net? And we say, Jesus, I want all of you. I want all of you. The Bible says if you call on his name, you believe he's God's son, that he died for you and rose for you, and that he's coming back, you call on that name, you ask him to come into you and make you new, his power will enter into you and make you new. That's how Peter, Peter that's how Peter's shadow could heal people. Okay, that's power. That same power, available today. It's available today. God doesn't change, okay? God does not change. Hebrews 13, 5, you'll see that. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, will you drop a net right now and choose him? Okay? Let me pray for you to give you an opportunity to do that. Father, what it means to follow Jesus. I think there are people listening right now, maybe they've believed in Jesus, but when they look at their life and they look at what they want and what they're maybe going after, it doesn't reflect what Jesus did. And it might be worldly, like I've done a lot of my life. And they're chasing things of the world. And they're looking at climbing ladders and doing all these things. And God, at the end of the day, everything we have in this world will be, will be gone. And all we have left, well, is, our, is, our, is a new life somewhere. And the way we can have it with you is by choosing you. Dropping our nets right now and saying, God, I want you to enter into me and make me new. I believe in Jesus Christ that he's God's son. I believe he died on a cross to, to remove my sins. I believe he rose from the dead, the game changer, to, 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 to um, break forth and, and defeat the devil and defeat sin. And that when we call on his name, it says we will be saved. God, I pray right now that people are praying this prayer. And if you're praying this prayer and you're calling on the name of Jesus and you're choosing Jesus, uh, let us know, let me know. Declare it, I choose Jesus in comments. Text, I choose Jesus to 474747. It is the greatest decision you will ever make. Drop your nets right now and follow Jesus. Drop your nets and say, I'm all in. Drop your nets and say, I want Jesus in my life, in my world, in my heart. And he will go there. Let us know that and we will celebrate with you. The angels will celebrate. That's what the Bible says. God loves you so much. And regardless of what level you're at, let me just say this. God is calling you out right now into deeper water. If you're sitting and listening, I'll see you next week. If you're in the boat, boy, is it going to be a profession impact, a finance impact, a relational impact? What deeper water is God nudging you to? You probably already know the answer to that question. And for others, you're all in. You've dropped the nets, you're in, and you're ready to start living life on purpose for a purpose. This is what God has for you today, and we celebrate with you. We love you, and we wanna walk with you in your journey. I'm here to tell you, God loves you, regardless of where you were last night, regardless of what you've done, 
regardless of who you've been with, regardless of your thought life, regardless of your sinful nature, God loves you. And that's why he sent Jesus, not to get you cleaned up to follow, but to get you to follow and he'll clean you up. It's what he's in the business of doing. I love you so much. God loves you more. God bless you. Hey, thanks so much for watching today. Hey, say hey, Jay. Hi. This message, I pray that it impacted you. And if it did, I hope that you will share this message with a friend. I can't believe all the people that we've been able to reach on social media during this time. And it's happening because of you. So thank you for sharing the message. Thank you for being a part. And for those of you that even give financially to what God is doing here, thank you for allowing us to do this and get the word out. You're impacting lives like forever. And it's a big deal. So um, if you haven't subscribed yet to YouTube, do that. Follow us on our social channels so you don't miss a single update or message. We love you and God loves you more, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. God bless you.